Previously on Cast and Wax. God! All you ever think about is yourself. You made me do all of the work. Cry me a river and cock the wagon and float it, Jane. I am out of here. Ah, Ruth, I can't look at you. You betrayed me. Yes, nothing can stop me from opening my own diner next door. That will never work. It is six inches taller. I'm ruined! I have a date anyway. You have a boyfriend? I might. Depends on how the date goes. What's his secret? Well, he's... loud. While I'm in Washington working on the Raid Act, you're in charge. Yes! The podcast is wrong! The Raid Act is defeated. And now I, Rory Simpson, die. Yesterday I went outside with my mama's mason jar Caught a lovely butterfly When I woke up today and looked in on my fairy pet She had withered all away, no more sighing in her breast I'm sorry for what I did, I did what my body told me to I didn't mean to do you harm, every time I peel down what I think of it, it slips away, here goes, slips away Welcome, finally, back to Cast and Wax. This is Jordan D. White, the host of Cast and Wax, returning to my rightful place after months' absence. And uh, you'll you'll have noticed the podcast itself has been absent for a long time. I'm sorry for that. The problem being, of course, that I left it in the charge of Mr. Scape White, who is a complete irresponsible jerk. That's not, that's not true. Well, it is true, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, that's Scape White right there. Yes, it is. And also our other uh, co-host is here, Mr. Frank Allen. Hello. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me back. Well, of course, Frank. Uh, you know, you didn't completely screw up the show. You got sick. Yeah, I did. I was actually quite ill. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Um, the reason that I'm calling Scape a giant jerk, uh, first of all, is because it's been months since we had a show. Uh the last normal episode of the show was, oh gosh, let's see. Let's look back down our calendars. Oh gosh, was it really so long? March 25th. March 25th. Uh, Escape, do you know what March 25th is? What? Well, um, if we do a little math, uh, we, we will show that one week after March 25th uh, would be April 1st. Oh, my birthday. Well, yes. Ah, uh, yes, Gabe, that is your birthday. But uh, do you know what else it is? Um, yeah, April Fool's Day. Right, no, that's true. But that's not even what I meant. Uh, there's another thing that it April 1st is. Do you know what that is? Um, no. Right, you don't. Well, first of all, it's the anniversary of the, the day I started 
uh, waxwork.com. Um, but even more importantly than that, it is the day after the anniversary of Cast in Wax. Uh, and in fact, Cast in Wax, the podcast, started on March 31st, 2008, which means that April 1st this year was the day after and was a normal podcast day when we should have had a podcast. And it was also the day after our fifth anniversary. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, well, yeah, that is pretty cool. But you totally missed it, you dip. That is not fair. I don't know about days. You know about days. You know what the day the podcast goes up on a Monday. Yeah, but I didn't know about anniversary days. D- but you should have been doing a podcast anyway. And then Frank could have told you, except he was sick. But you should have been doing a podcast anyway. You should have been doing one every week. Dad. You don't do one every week. Well, fine. But you should have done them more than you you did. You didn't do one for months. It's been months since you did a podcast, Gabe. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any excuses? Well, I've been busy, you know, just doing stuff. What kind of stuff have you been doing? Like, you know, like, well, there was one time that I saw cockroach um yeah i know all about that i heard all about that i'm not that's not a good excuse for why you don't have a podcast done well, it took me a little bit of time oh oh yeah weeks well no it took me like a, like a minute but then i had to rest oh oh escape you had to rest okay you are a terrible host of this podcast i'm so glad i'm back frank i i'm so glad you're back let's talk about uh your sickness yeah uh i i uh i i felt ill uh because of uh well, I, I didn't know why. Uh, on the last podcast, I was not. I started feeling a little ill, uh, and I wasn't sure exactly why. And uh, it got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse, and it got worse. Uh, and then after that, it got worse. And I, I, I was, uh, ooh, like I, I probably shouldn't even talk too much about my symptoms because they are kind of, they're kind of nasty sim- symptoms. I, I, I felt awful, and I didn't know what the problem was. Um, but uh, as I mentioned on, on the, uh, the frank advice that we did last time, I, I did eventually discover what it was. It was a hookworm. I had somehow uh, been infected by a hookworm. I'm not really sure how that happened. Yeah, I was going to say, how do but, you even get a hookworm? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I haven't been to any tropical you know, places. Isn't that where they, they get you? That's, I, I, I had heard that. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. All I know is I had one. Uh, and what's funny is... Uh, you, you, like I said, I hadn't been to any tropical place, I, so I didn't go around going, well, I must have a hookworm because I da 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 da. I would never have even thought of it. Uh, the thing that made me think of it was actually, uh, where are they now in history? Uh, in one of the where are they now in histories on the podcast, uh, they specifically mentioned having a hookworm, and I, I, I was like, oh, hang on, uh, having a hookworm, uh, that's funny because that. You know, that, that that could match the symptoms that I have. And so I ended up going to the doctor saying, I think I have a hookworm. And they uh, ran the hookworm test. And uh, they said, yeah, it turns out you've got a hookworm. They gave me some medicine. I went through some uh, treatments. And uh, now I don't have a hookworm anymore. It was kind of gross, the process. But I won't go into that. Uh, but I no longer have a hookworm, which is nice. So I can get back to my life. I can get back to... Uh, you know, trying to, you know, be a host for things because I, I do like... Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a funny pun you just made. That was a good one. Uh, what what do you mean? Because you had a hookworm and you're saying I want, I liked being a host. And so that w- that's what you were. The hookworm was like a parasite and you were a host to it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty clever, actually. No, I hadn't, I hadn't made that connection. Uh, no, I wasn't trying to pun. I don't do puns typically, but I do... Uh, 
uh, host things, not typically parasites. I should, so I guess I should clarify <laughs> for the future. I do want people to write into me with with hosting jobs, but not hosting parasites. <laughs> Obviously, I would have, I would have thought that was obvious, but I guess uh, that's a funny joke. It's a pun. I want to host events or uh, shows, things like that. So yeah, that's that is pretty funny actually. And I, I guess I should clarify further when I say host events, I don't mean uh, that I'll provide the space and then you'll have them. I mean I will MC the events. I will uh, come to the venue of your setting up and choosing. I won't be the venue, but I will come to the venue and I will say hello everybody. Welcome to the benefit to uh, benefit people who have hookworm. I don't know. Look, the point. You see what I'm saying? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna host the the. I'm not gonna host your party like. Oh, I want to have a birthday party. Oh, we'll come to my house and right because you don't have, you don't have a very big house. No, no, I'm just, it's an apartment and no, I, I I can't fit that many. I could have my own birthday party, but I wouldn't be able to invite so many people. I probably would MC that. I don't think I would outsource the uh, the job. But no, okay. What I'm trying to say is. I'm healthy. I'm back. I'm ready. I'm healthy. And as you heard from Frank Advice last time, I'm 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 up to snuff, as they call it. Uh, so I'm ready to host things that are not parasites or uh, uh, venue calls. I don't even know what to call that. I'm ready to MC your event or or host a show for you. I'm ready to okay, do all these well, things. Okay, but this again, but this is not a <laughs> this is not a pitch podcast. This is a hangout with us and 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 do some shows podcast. Right? No, you know, you know what? You're absolutely right, Jordan. I I shouldn't. Um, I shouldn't spend so much time thinking, hey, can I host something else when I'm already hosting this? So, hi, Jordan. Welcome back. I heard about your uh, unpleasant defeat uh, regarding the Raid Act. Yeah, uh, you heard about that. Um, I, I mean, I guess everybody heard about that. It was national news. Um, for those of you who don't read the news, I I took some time off from the podcast in order to to enact a bill in Congress uh, I was trying to, uh, which would have outlawed all insects. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, instead, we're left with this crazy uh, and I would say ridiculous um, treaty with insects in which all, all insects are allowed full rights to everything as long as we don't see them. And if we see them, we're allowed to kill them because they're in breach of the contract. Well, I mean, like that, you know, again, it's it's better than nothing, but I would have preferred there really are no insects rather than just having to willfully ignore the fact that there are insects everywhere at all times but isn't it fair i mean here you know i i listened to the the uh the c-span uh, coverage of your of your of your hearing and i i mean i gotta say isn't it only fair you were relying on insects to honor a law that you put in place this is just the same thing it's just if, if, if we're saying insects are smart enough to acknowledge a law that says they're not allowed in the country, aren't we, aren't we really, shouldn't we be able to say that they're smart enough to, uh, you know, honor a contract, to be, to have, you know, the full rights of a human being, except that they're honoring this special contract which says we are allowed full rights as human beings when human beings are not in sight or rather cannot see us. So again, uh, you know, it seems fair. It, it seems like it's a good trade-off and, and it's reliable. And as long as the insects hold up their end of the bargain, you shouldn't be inconvenient. I, well, yeah, Frank, you know, yeah. But the difference is that, you know, if they were outlawed, I would know in my heart that there were no insects or any that were around were lawbreakers. Whereas now, like, I know that if I, if I go to bed at night, the insects are probably touching everything I own. Yeah, but you don't see it. So who cares? I, I mean, I, I sort of do care. Like that means they have free reign of my kitchen. They can crawl all over my dishes and my glasses and my food. Well, don't leave your food out. Uh, of course I don't leave my food out, but you know what I'm saying? 
They they can climb all over my whole um again all my dishes. All your my, dirty dishes. Those are the only ones that are out, right? Well, yeah, they're dirty because I haven't cleaned them yet. So you're gonna clean them before you use them. So it doesn't matter if insects touch them. Look, insects have every right to. I don't even know why I'm arguing this. I'm not an insect representative, but insects have every right to live. Yeah, yeah I don't think I agree with that. I think insects have every right to live. Till I kill them. Oh, yeah, because if you see them, then you can kill them. Yeah, that's that's the law. Oh, okay, good. Your dad wanted the law to be that there are no insects for you to kill. Dad? That's not fun. They're like a turtles. Yep, that's gross. You're not supposed... Oh, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this because this is why I... I, try, I devoted a, a large portion of my life recently to this. Months I lost. Months I lost. Trying to make this happen and I've, I've failed. So I'm just... I want to get back to my podcast. I want to make things right. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to celebrate the fact that we've had five years of this podcast. Let's talk about that, guys. Five years of Cast and Wax. This is the 150th episode as well. Uh, so it's a double celebration. We've got 150 episodes in five years. Okay, that means we average, we are averaging 30 episodes a year. And I know that average uh, is slightly misrepresentative. Yeah, because I think in the first year we did a lot. We did like... Uh, like forty something, right? Yeah, and in the first year we did a lot. In the last year, I mean, let me let me look. I'll count. It's probably not. Oh, it's probably a disgraceful amount, but let's look. Oh Jesus! In the last year we did nineteen episodes. Okay, so we averaged thirty a year. Here, okay. Here's what I'm gonna promise. Here's what I'm gonna pledge from now on, starting uh, with April first, which was two. Oh jeez, which was months ago. Starting with April first, we are. I'm pledging that we're gonna do twenty four episodes in a year. So between April 1st, 2013 and April 1st, 2014, there's going to be 24 episodes. Uh, so far, we've got two. This is our second. And we're already in June. So that's not good. That means I'm going to have to make some up. But 24 a, a year, that means two per month average. And obviously, we blew that because the first month we had none. Second month, we had one. <sighs> but we will make them up. We will make them up up. Wow, that's a lot to make up already. Okay, but we will do it. 24 episodes. Uh, 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 the first episode in April 2014 will be episode 70, 173. 173. Uh, I think that's what the math comes out to. So <sighs> that's the plan. 24 episodes between now, well, counting the one that you already heard and this one between now and 2014, April first oh man that's a lot of episodes okay but we can do this we can do this right frank yeah no i will definitely do my part if you need me to do 24 episodes of frank advice i will do that well i mean i <laughs> i mean i don't think i'll need that because we're gonna have to do some scabby stories um, yeah, 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 yeah. Scabby stories are good that, that's true that's true so so we'll, we'll have frank advice we'll have scabby stories and actually i have other ideas for for other special shows we can do i i know i've got some things in the archives that i can play us Frank, I think there's a lost episode of Frank uh, of of car debate. Oh we, no, we don't have to. We don't have to do that. No, I, I'm I, I'm excited to. I, I'm pretty sure you've we've we've got that uh, in our archives. We'll, so we'll, we'll break that out. We'll do that one time. I, and there's all sorts of crazy things uh, that I know I've got recordings of that we can we can do. In addition, I'm actually thinking about starting a new. Uh, a new, a slightly different format to the podcast. Not hugely different. It would still be the same length. It would still be the same basic amount of content. It would be the same amount of content, in fact. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking of formatting it slightly differently. Uh, and we'll talk about that next episode, though, because this episode is not going to be that different episode. It's going to be 
normal, same old stuff. No, not the same old stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting. It's got lots of new things. We've got four special segments in from our friends in Binghamton. We've got uh, the three of us back together. Uh, you know, pretty exciting. We've got two Where Are They Now in Histories, uh, which are both going to be terrific. We've got so much for you today. We've got so much for you today. And also, we have a backlog of about 10 tons of listener mail. So why don't we start with that? We'll, 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 we'll sprinkle it throughout the, um, you know, throughout the, uh, the uh, episode. Um, here is one which says, uh, Dear Scape and Rory, you guys and Jordan are so funny on the podcast, like hilarious. Seriously, you are three of my favorite comics. So I listened to that Matt and Brett love comics thing. Actually, it says Matt and Brit, but it's Brett. I uh, love comics thing you mentioned, and it was all about superheroes and crap, like you were the only comic there. What gives? Antonine show. Um, uh, it's different kind of comics. We've had this confusion before, Mr. Show. Uh, what has... Uh, uh, there's comic books, and then there's comic comedians and it's generous of you to call us comics uh because we're not really comics we are we are i mean hopefully this is a funny podcast but we're not comics professionally i i make comic books professionally scape does nothing professionally because he's a cat and also a bum Uh, frank well i was gonna say he's a professional host but he's really a professional uh food uh service uh, worker no i mean that's a bit of a generalization well he works in a supermarket but he um Oh, that, I, just, I just realized you must have lost out on a lot of money for the, when you were getting the hookworm thing. Yeah, and I don't have any health care, so uh, it actually is, is, a, is a little worrisome. Oh, really? Are, are, is everything okay? Well, I mean, no. no now that you mention it, I, I, have, uh, I have some uh, big bills. <laughs> well, that's not funny. No, I, uh, no. I, I just, it was because uh, you said big bill, and that sounded like a, like a nickname for a dude. But you're right. No, if you have actually... Uh, have big bills like debts that's not funny no it's not well i would offer to help but i i mean i just got off of months of leave myself i was trying to help the government and they you know they gave me some money to do so but um i mean we we spent it i I bought escape his iphone and stuff yeah that was pretty good no i i mean i understand everybody's got you know everybody's got bills to pay uh but i i mean i have have bills to pay so what are you doing i mean what are, what are you going to do about it i don't it? know i mean right now i'm just i'm trying to work more i i'm trying to get more hours the thing is they don't want to give me overtime so they don't want to put me on for for over like 30 hours well, you only work 30 hours a week well yeah i mean because because again they don't want to they don't they put you well no i mean i tend i tend to work longer than 30 but they put me on for 30 because that way if they need to keep me longer it doesn't go over 40 so they goes to like 32 33 you know uh, but they don't want to give me. They don't want to give me overtime. But that's that's expensive for them. So uh, instead, they well, just that's, uh, that's crazy. That's outrageous. Well, no, that's. I mean, that's not outrageous. That seems pretty sensible. It's in it's in their rights. What about the workers' rights? Well, the worker has the right to work as many hours as the management wants them to work. I w- I mean, that's one way to look at it. I would say the workers have the right to a decent wage at a decent price that can actually, you know help them live their lives if you're being struck with debilitating medical bills for something that's not even your fault you don't even know how you got this hookworm for all you know you got this hookworm at work i don't know how that would work out but you you never know the point is you got this disease it needs to be taken care of or you're gonna die uh 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 so so, you know you i mean come on frank I, i mean what do you want me to say i wish that i had more money too well do let's do something about it like what you already tried starting a revolution that yeah that's true uh, 
I mean, like, you know, what about Obamacare? Isn't Obamacare supposed to be taking care of this? Well, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I'm not, I'm not under it yet. I don't know. God damn it. All right. Well, we need, we need to do something about this, guys. Oh, did we, did we address this email? Um, thank you for, oh, um, Mr. Sh- Mr. Show, it was really nice of you to write in, but Rory's dead, so we can't really pass on the message to him. Um, I was the only comic there because, uh, I, actually, that's really not nice of you to say because Matt and Brett are both actually our comics. Uh, they are comedians. Uh, they perform and everything. I don't. So, you know, in many ways, they're much more comedians than I am. So I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but we did talk a lot about superheroes. Anyway, moving on. Uh, to an important topic like healthcare, uh, let's talk about the fact that Frank Allen needs our help, people. Uh, we got to start a charity, um, a charity to make Mr. Allen's so-called bills uh, kaput. Uh, so what is that? Uh, charity Allen so-called kaput. C A S K. We we got to get you guys. Got to help us here at C A S K. We were just we're starting this organization. C A S K. Just donate to us. Because we need to get Frank Allen back on his feet. We got to kill these so-called bills that he has. Well, they are bills. so Right. But I mean, so-called. Well, they okay. So they're bills. But they're so-called, you know, correctly. Char- I don't. Are you, you know, do you want this or not? No, no sure. I, I mean, I could use the help. All right. So if you guys have anything that you can help give to Frank Allen to uh, to to charitably uh, make his so-called bills kaput, um Please send it into us, castandwax at gmail.com. We, we could use every every dime, right, Frank? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm at the place where I'm counting dimes. Uh, that's definitely the truth. What are you, I mean, what are you eating? Not much. I, I, I eat a lot of hot dogs. And by a lot of hot dogs, I don't mean uh, many hot dogs at once. I mean, um, I frequently eat hot dogs, but uh, maybe like one at a time. Oh, man. All right. Well, please, please give, everybody. Please give. Um. We have a whole bunch of emails. Uh, let's do one more before we get to any shows. Uh, Scape, you memorized this one, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, Frank, I'll help you get better. Jordan, how goes things in Washington? Are you making any progress on the insect law? Scape, great serious podcast. You know what I haven't heard from you in a while is a Scapey story. I hope you get to make one soon. Mm-hmm, I agree. To the entire cast. Uh, last podcast, another listener observed something that I had also observed. Now, I don't know if it will be true with this episode of the podcast, but pay attention to the pre-recorded of Where Are They Now in History segment of the show and the remainder of this current podcast. It sounds similar. Maybe Rory knew the history would sync up with the show because he saw all of this in another world and it just proves extra history exists. Thank you for keeping these podcasts funny and entertaining. I look forward to them when they become available. Lauren. Uh, thank you very much, Lauren. Uh, let's, well, let's address uh, all these. Frank, uh, I hope you feel better. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I do. Good, good, good. Uh, Jordan, how goes things in Washington? Terrible. No, no progress. It's been defeated forever. So as we discussed, um, awful. Your well wishes didn't help. But uh, thank you for them anyway. Uh, and Scape. You want to hear another escapey story? She, she wants to hear one. Yeah, I want to hear one too. Well, not this time. Maybe next time. Well, no, next time I should do Frank Advice. Well, we'll see. We'll see if you do Frank Advice. Sometimes Scape has to do a escapey story. Look, he hasn't done one in a long time. So, uh, Scape, maybe we'll pick one out for you. Oh, good. Ah. Uh, and to the entire podcast, 
it's weird. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that hearing that that email that was pointing out that they felt like the Where Are They Now in History parts were syncing up. I assume, uh, I assume it's one of those situations where, like, um, I mean, Rory, didn't Rory always say he knew what was going to happen because he was a historian? Oh, yeah, of course he did. But that's that's nonsense. No, I mean that's that seems like it makes sense. Well, how does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make sense. He doesn't know how. He can't know the future if he's a historian. Historians uh, study the past. That's history. Not the future. The future is not history. Well, it, I mean, it will be. And then they'll study it. But at the time when the future is future, it is not currently history. Well, it is to the people in the future. What? No, that doesn't make any sense. No, it, it does. I mean, uh, for example, um, when I was at my hearing, there was a senator there from the future. Now, he lives, well, I think, 10,000 years in the future from now. Oh, uh, Senator Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Senator Smith, Smith lives 10,000 years in the future. So to him... Everything that I have not seen yet in the future is already history. Yeah. Okay. And so if he wanted to, he could study it as history. But you can't study it as history because it's not it's not history yet to you. Well, what if he just gave me a book called, you know, History, and it, it dealt with all the things that were the future to me? I could study it the way I would no, study. No, that's, that's, first of all, that's cheating. You can't, that's not allowed. Second of all. I do, I don't think that that's that doesn't that doesn't count as what I'm because what if things are wouldn't it be different if look Frank look I, all I'm saying is the future and the past are both history no the future no I'm saying the future is not history until you've done it <sighs> all right well okay here's another possibility by the way uh, what about the fact that Rory as a historian as someone who studied all of history can use history. To figure out what's going to happen. He can kind of go, okay, well, you know, this is where everything stands right now. And this is where everything came to before it. Therefore, this is where what's going to happen next. And then after that and after that. That's not possible. No, it sort of is. Like, if I show you a picture where I'm like, this is now. You know, it's a picture of a ball floating in the air. And I say, here's what happened before. And I show you a couple pictures of, like, a guy holding a ball. And then he, you know, he pulls it back and then he, his arm is forward and the ball is like a little bit in front of his hand. And then I go, okay, well, those are the three pictures before now. You can pr kind of go, all right, well, he threw the ball and, and now the ball is floating here in the middle of the air. But what it's really doing is flying and I can project where the ball's going to hit based on the trajectory. Yeah, but you can't do that with history. Well, that, I mean, that is history. That's just very recent history of a ball. No, it's 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 so much more complicated. If I go, well, here's where this you know president is in his life uh, and and his politics, and I say, well, here's where he came from in politics, and here's the changes he had. You can't go, oh, well, tomorrow he's going to change his mind about this, and he's going to make this law. And that sounds perfectly reasonable. If you just have to get all the variables, and if you're someone who studies these things, you can you know find the variables in what I don't know books or newspapers or whatever. That you you I, you you sound Foolish. No, I no. no. Plus, I'm sure didn't he have like research assistants and stuff like that? Well, no, where he didn't have research assistants. Remember when he died, he was he was uh, uh, getting drunk every day, stumbling around a cow field, crapping himself. Oh yeah, you're right. That okay, that's true. But at times in the past, before that, he did have research assistants. He had whole you know whole schools under his tutelage, and he had people who were doing things. So he perhaps he recorded all this stuff back then. Uh, when he had the full staff who could help him do all the research, and he recorded them all and just kind of put them away. That's, I, that, that seems unlikely. I mean, I, I guess anything's possible, but that seems pretty unlikely. Like, uh, uh, I mean, they, they, they seem to sync up pretty closely at this point, which is which is funny and a weird coincidence. But, I mean, obviously, 
since he's, you know, he's dead and he gave them all to you before he died, there's really no way he could be doing that. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, because he's dead, so... Right. I mean, if he's dead and he gave them all to you before he died, then there's pretty much no way he, he could be making new right. ones. No, yeah. I mean, because he, yeah, he died, and we went to his, you know, funeral and everything. Right. And he gave them to you before... Well... Before he died. No, I mean, well, he, I mean, he, di he didn't actually give me all the files, no. What? He, I mean, I'm saying he didn't give me all the files before he died. He recorded them all before he died. And I'm getting them now, but, I mean, so obviously he couldn't be recording new ones because he's dead. And we, again, we went to his funeral, et cetera, et cetera. But he did uh, record them before he died. I just don't, I don't have, I mean, I can't play one from like two weeks from now because I don't have it yet. Why don't you have it? Well, I mean, we, why don't I have it? Like, because I don't have it yet. That's a weird question. Why don't I have no, it? No, I think that's a pretty reasonable question. Why don't you have Because if if he's dead and he's recorded them all, why don't you have them all? Because he because that's not, he didn't leave them to me. I don't, I mean, I don't own them. He, he, he I don't know who he left all of his, you know, stuff to. We, we discussed this before. We didn't, you know, we don't know his estate, but all I know is I get an email every week with a new one. And Wait, so you get, they are emailing them to you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I yeah, I get an email every week with a new one, and I put it aside for the podcast. So who's sending them to you? I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know. It's it's just an email. What's the email? I mean, I don't feel comfortable saying it on the po podcast. Here, I'll I'll show you this this one right here. Okay, so the um, well, so this email sends you every week sends you new. Where are they now in history? Well, no, I mean, again, no, they don't send me new ones. They send me the ones that. Rory recorded before he died, and that are, it is now time to play. Um, you know, I mean, in a way, uh, that makes sense. Look, if he is, has done this historical analysis where he's projecting into the future what's going to happen, they can't send me all the ones at once. I mean, obviously, the first thing I would do is, like, find out about the future and stuff. I mean, that that's... They know I would be irresponsible with it, and I know you would be irresponsible with well, it. Well, I'm okay. Well, I mean, obviously I would because I have to check and see if it's going to happen. I would first. I would listen to next week's, and if next week's thing comes true, then I would be like, "Well, this is pretty magical." And then I'd listen to all of them and and, and find out what's going to happen. And okay, I can see why they wouldn't want to trust us with this, but how can they be trusted with it? Obviously, they are another historian. It must be right. That's oh, okay. No, that. That also is reasonable. All right. Well, fine. Uh, whoever you are who is sending these in, thank you. You know what? Thank you. I, I, um, is that what I should say? Yes. I think thank you for continuing to send these things into our show. No, but I, I feel a little weird about it. In, t tell us who you are. Introduce yourself. I want to know about this. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, if they wanted to introduce themselves, they would have done it by now. All I get is an email. It's got no words in it. It just says, where are they now in history? And it's got a file attached. And I download the file. Done. Where do you download the files from? It's got like a Dropbox it's attached to. Well, whose Dropbox is it? I, the same per... <laughs> Frank, th this is not how it works. Uh, we're not suspicious of this person. It's nice of them to continue Rory's legacy by feeding us these things. We don't want them to stop, whoever they are. So, again... Thank you for continuing to do so. It's very nice of you. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Well, fine. No, that's fine. Okay, good. Yeah, it is good. Okay, it's good. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, so like I said, we've got a bunch of emails to get through, but why don't we start off listening to some of our shows for this week? Uh, we've got a number of them. Uh, let's kick things off with another lesson from the life of Nathan Bennett. <laughs> 
Hit snooze. I'm trying to sleep. Huh? What's this? Lessons from the life of Nathan Van Etten? By Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, and Charles Berman. Season 2, Lesson 7, LSD elucidates Nathan Van Etten. What the f***? Steve, did you leave out one of your scripts again? Um, voice? Uh, what? Ah! 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 What are you doing in my head? You don't have a body! Of course I do. You don't have a body. That doesn't make any sense. How am I wiggling these fingers then? You're not, crazy person. Listen, if you think you're real and I'm not, then you're the one who's crazy voice in my hand. Stop shouting at me. I just woke up. I don't know who you are. <sighs> you're the voice in my head. There's always a voice in my head when I'm alone. At first, he was this soothing, deep voice who sounded smart, but he was actually kind of stupid. And then he disappeared for a while. And then he came back, thank God. But now there's a whole lot of voices, but you're always supposed to know what I'm doing and what's going on! Remember that thing I said about you sounding crazy? What good is a voice in my head if it doesn't know everything and tell me what to do? Okay, if you did have a voice in your head, why would you expect it to care what you were doing, schmuck? Um... Have you asked what I'm doing? No, why would I? Now explain how I'm here in my room sorting my action figures by girth. And comment on it. Jesus Christ. Why would I care about some dork shouting at me about sorting action figures by girth? That's stupid. Thank you. This is going to be a long day. Man, this is thirsty work. I think I'll drink some tab. Where is that tab that my tie-dyed shirt-wearing friend Moon Rainbow gave me? Moon Rainbow? Really? I know, right? Ah, here it is! It doesn't sound like a can. Duh, and duh again, voice. It's a new kind of tab, where you just lick it and you feel all refreshed. It's the future! You're going to lick a tab some hippie gave you. Of course! They wouldn't be called hippies if they weren't hip. Or if they didn't have hips. Or or both, most likely. Okay, Dr. Stevenson gave me some pills for a moment like this. Let me just... Get, uh... Oh, man! Voice, this tab of tab tastes awful! They must have switched the saccharin with aspartame for the new thin strip version. The taste is foul, like chicken-flavored ramen. Hey, I made a pun. The pun is turning into a trolley car. Wow! My room is in 3D now! Everything is deeper than it normally was, including my thoughts. Ah, oh, another pun! 
More trolley cars! Nathan, I was just noticing that it's been a while since we talked. Ever since you came back from Vermont. Care to chat and assist me while I construct Vietnamese water puppets? Perhaps it's just my mind reeling from taking a soft drink from the future. But that sounds like a great idea, purple talking Indian. Ah, thank you for the compliment on my souvenir shirt, Nathan. And it's been many years since I lived among the Lakota, but I'll have you know that one of the first things I learned is that Indians normally talk, that one commercial notwithstanding. I'm as confused as I am theoretically insulted, Nathaniel. Why, if I didn't know better, I'd say that, oh, you're high. Totally. I feel as if five foot nine inches has never been so tall. I blame myself, really. I should have seen the warning signs when you stopped bringing around that nice girl, Jane. She also stopped breaking in through the window as well. Why, I don't think she has lovingly pawed through our trash in days. Dad! 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 I am totally paying attention to you! Good God, it's worse than I thought. Come, I know just the thing. Here, Nathaniel, try these. Well, did you enjoy that tropical fishing trip, Nathan? Or was it too tiring after the seven and a half hours of bongo drum playing? I sure did, Dad. I caught democracy, but it seemed to go so quickly. Ah, Nathaniel. You were under the influence of psychedelic drugs, which alter perception. What to you may have seemed like a merciful few seconds of drumming may have elided hours of otherwise uninteresting narrative. But it was very nice finally to bond with you for once, as fathers bond with sons. Totally. We are best friends. No, we are not, Nathaniel. But we were together for at least a couple of hours and talking to each other. Yes, Nathan. But don't be absurd. Norm is my best friend. He's the only person I know more adventurous than I am. The day you save a million people, we'll talk. Then, Dad, who is my best friend? I've gotta have one. Well, Nathan, I can only assume it is your dog. Was it Scubadaya? Then again, there are some lonely people who have no true friends, whatever. It may be that you are one of those people. But I dare say I hope not. Now, I need to get back to those water puppets. They won't construct themselves. Good talk. Okay, the recipe says four apples, but the pan looks like it's getting pretty full already. Hey! Voice! My name is Robin. Come on! Say something about... a uh, friendship! Or my dad! Or something! Uh, okay. My friends are coming over later, and I need to finish this apple pie first. Your dad is a man I have never met. Are we done? Not yet! I need to tell you the lesson that I've learned! Does it have anything to do with apple pies? Because this pan feels really full to me. No, I learned that in the future, soda will taste really terrible. Thanks. I will avoid using soda in my apple pie in the future. Voice! Uh, we leave me alone in the house as my dad makes Asian things and, um, God, don't you care? No. If any of you do, you can tune in again for another lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, I guess. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the voice was Jordan Randall, Nathan was Mickey Weissner, and Nathan's dad was Daniel Schwartz. Thank you, Frank. 
Um, let's see. We've got, again, we've got so much uh, email. We'll probably just hop right through that. Um, Frank, uh, why don't you read this, this letter? It looks like it's addressed to you, but still. Uh, sure, let's see. What is this? Um, my dear beloved Frank, uh, believe me, it is a godsend to hear someone mentioning in these last days of my sad life that homosexual marriage may finally be possible for me. I assure you, I am very sick and unwell. I feel the energy seeping out of me even as I type this missive. But I know that true love can conquer all illness. And true love it must be if you are willing to conquer my debilitating infirmity for the sake of our upcoming marriage. I am sure that you will agree that since I am rapidly dying, we should take steps to achieve and then consummate our marriage as quickly as possible. Uh, where can we meet uh, Diogenes Sinjin? Um, well, and there's actually a second letter here uh, that's related. Uh, Dear Mr. Allen, I've been instructed by a client of mine, a Mr. Diogenes Sinjin, to send you this letter clarifying his medical condition. Mr. Sinjin suffers from advanced Bardellibin's disease, manifesting as rapid corporeal degeneration of physical wellness. Death is inevitable. In my medical opinion, he is in a fit state for virtually no activities apart from typing and rough gay sex. Dr. Viswanathan Anantanarayanan. Zembla Teaching Hospital. Unique physician identification number five. One, well, I don't want to read this number because everybody will steal it. But um, yeah, he's uh, looks like it's confirmed. It's signed off on by a doctor. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, Frank, I've been keeping up with the podcast. I, I know you told this guy you would marry. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, I was I was like, you know, kind of joking. Well, I, mean, I think you were joking on the square. no. I mean, I was joking on the greed because, you know, because money. Well, you do need money. Ah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, he's saying, I mean, did you see he's saying consummate the marriage? Yeah, you know, I saw. I saw. And then the doctor said rough case. No, I know. I saw. I, I mean, I saw and, and heard. And, I mean, everybody heard. It's a, a podcast, so we heard that it said that. No, I, I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, Frank, you, what are you going to, how else are you going to pay these bills? That, I mean, if I, if I have sex with someone for money, that, that's like, well, that's, I mean, yeah, that would kind of make you like a prostitute. I'm not comfortable with that terminology. Like a, like a whore. No, I mean, it's not, I mean, Gigolo, like, no, that's, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not the word, it's the concept, really. I, uh, it makes me feel dirty. Well, they, I mean, that's what showers are for. Look, I, Frank, they, they have, you, you promised. I mean, it was like a verbal contract. <sighs> oh, God. I mean, it seems like you don't have much of a choice. I, I, what, I, of course I have a choice. You can, I, he, it's not like he sent me a, a wedding ring. I don't have like a diamond ring on my hand. I mean, what's, you know, that, I mean, that would be when you're entering a contract literally in a typical, you know, wedding situation and even so when you have the diamond ring on your hand you're still allowed to say here take back the diamond ring and i don't want to marry you anymore but i don't even have a diamond ring so i don't think this considers a real legitimate uh uh uh, uh, uh proposal uh, because he didn't yeah i mean as far as i'm concerned this was not a, a real proposal because he didn't give me a diamond ring so i think i'm in the clear i don't actually need to marry him right now but that is a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that is a lot of money. And he's probably going to die very soon. Oh, God. Why does this have to... Why does this have to... Well, happen? I mean, it sounds fine. Like, all he's got to do is send you the diamond ring, and then you'll marry no, him. No, I mean, I didn't... I mean, I didn't say that, but if it's a big enough diamond ring, that'll kind of prove that he's really got all this money. Wait, so not, you want... Not only do you want proof of 
death impending, you also want proof of financial. Yeah, you know, hey, Mr. Sinjin, send over all your financial records, and it uh, sounds like Frank's totally going to marry you if you give him a big enough diamond ring. I mean, I didn't say those exact words, but, you know, I mean, oh, God, if he's really going to die, I mean, if it's just like one time... Do they have like a reverse prenup that I could sign where it's a like, reverse prenup? Yeah, yeah, where it's like specifically it says, hey, uh, you know, I know all this money was really his, but we're going to get married and no matter why we get divorced for for whatever reason, I get half no, of it. No, they don't know. No, they, of course they don't have that. That's like admitting you were scamming the system. Well, <sighs> besides, what, what do you need a, a reverse prenup for? I mean, you could sort of sign a regular prenup. The whole point is he's going to die. Well, you don't have to be that crude about it. I mean, Frank, let's be honest. You're, you're saying you want to marry this guy because you think he's going to die, and therefore you'll get all his money. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. So what's the risk? Well, I mean, the risk is he's going to, because he's going to want to, He's going to want to gay sex me. But that's the price you're willing to pay. Or it's not. <sighs> Frank, you work at a supermarket. You have hospital bills that are going to crush you. You you live in a very small apartment. You just are coming off a terrible disease that could have probably been avoided if you had money. Because you wouldn't be eating such terrible food. <sighs> He's an old guy. He wants, some, he wants some happiness in his life. And you can give it to him. I don't see what the problem is. <sighs> Well, all right, fine. If you want to just let him suffer. No, I don't. I'm not. I don't want him. I want to make him suffer. Well, not I mean, make him suffer. Just let him suffer. Let him continue to suffer without any joy or happiness because his only relative died. And well, that can't be his only relative. What about Rory's father? I, I, look, I don't know. I, I don't know the details. All I know is this guy is really happy. He says he's rapidly dying. He, he thinks it'll be any minute, but he wants true love. And I think he thinks that he can find that with you. <sighs> just, I, just. Let's 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 see the let's see the ring. Let's see the ring. What's that? Just send, send me the ring. Send me the ring, the the diamond. Send me the diamond ring, and we'll and we'll talk. All right, uh, Mr. Sinjin, send him the diamond ring, and we'll talk. That sounds like a good deal for everyone involved. Um, so let's move on to our next uh, uh, radio show. This is a quickie. So we're going to play a couple of things right now. We're going to play a Where Are They Now in History, uh, This Day in History, uh, a special public service announcement from friend of the show, and a quick little show known as The Other Side. Hopefully you will enjoy them. Hello and welcome to WHRW's This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On May 27, 1703, after winning access to the Baltic Sea through his victories in the Great Northern War, Tsar Peter I founds the city of St. Petersburg as the new Russian capital. Let's listen. It is I, Tsar Peter I, holder of this party. Are you all enjoying yourselves? Can, Can I get you some sandwiches and soda? Yes. yes. Congratulations, Tsar Peter I. However, before I celebrate, I claim large quantities to gorge myself on bubbly soda. I don't understand what you said, but have this soda. I love soda. I pull them out of these plastic containers which I discard beside me and drink the bubbly carbonated soda in celebration of Pietrograd. Yeah, throw the rings over there in the pile. The birds and turtles will take care of it. Oh. The Latvians too. Tsar Pieter. 
Can we feast on some of these fish that have died from the six-packs rings of soda that we have used as dropping in sea for them? Look, just because I'm the czar of Russia doesn't mean I speak Russian, okay? Can somebody get me a translator? I've not understood anything this man has said. All right, I I, I, I can translate from uh, from from Russian into German for you if you really, really need to, yes. What, what, what did you say, sir? Yeah, Gavr, you play now I'm sure he's just making words up. <laughs> he he wants to know if he can eat the, all the fish you killed with the six-pack rings in the ocean. Six-pack rings killed the fish in the ocean? Yes, yes, they do, because the fish, the fish swim into the holes, and then they get stuck, and they can't get out. That's the most terrible story ever. I renounce the crown. I'm sorry. Aha! I uh, am now the czar. No, 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 no. He said, um, uh, 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 Rodos, He said he gave the crown to me. His translator. His loyal translator. I am next in line to throne. He gave it to his translator. Last minute change of succession. Somebody smell a Russian revolution? Long story short, make sure you cut up your six-pack rings uh, so you don't kill animals. It's a good thing. And uh, don't become the Tsar of Russia because it's hard work. This is This Day in History on WHRW, Binghamton. My name is Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Whack. And yes, that did start the awful, bloody Russian Revolution, which ended a few days later with one person becoming the new Tsar of Russia. All of the people involved in that historical moment were dead, but this one man came forward and he said, I am now the Tsar. Unfortunately, two minutes later, he had his head stuck in the plastic rings that someone had left around from some soda from the party celebrating his victory. He started choking almost immediately. Unfortunately, he didn't understand why, because he said to himself, well, these, these rings come from soda, and soda is wonderful, and it was part of a celebration, so therefore this couldn't be the thing that's harming me. But something is clearly choking me. I don't know what it is. Perhaps I'll focus on other things, like the fact that I've always wanted to be gay married. So he croaked out as much as he could because of the rings. He said, uh, if anyone would like to gay marry me, I'm the Tsar of Russia, and I'm the most powerful person, and I have lots of money, but I would love to be gay married now that I'm the Tsar, and I can say that gay marriage is completely legal. And someone said, I would very much like that, because I, I, I think that you're dying, and I would like to be powerful and rich. I would like to gay marry you. And so the Tsar said, oh, that's perfect, I, I, it sounds wonderful. And they went to the chapel of, of Russia, and uh, the Russian minister said, I now pronounce you Russian man and Russian wife, except that you're both men, so you're Russian man and man. Well, the point is, yes, gay marriage, go. And they went back to the room where they were going to consummate their marriage, and before the Tsar could even lay a finger on his new husband, uh, he choked to death because of the plastic rings, and the new husband came out and said, oh, woe's me, um, the, the rings, he choked and he died and everything. And they said, well, you did consummate, right, because that makes it legal. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course we did, of course we did. Uh, give me all the money and power, please. They said, no problem. They gave him all the money and power. They said, let's celebrate. And he said, well, I will celebrate, but let's cut up all the plastic rings from the soda six-packs because I don't want anyone, including myself or fish, to choke to death. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. You brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. Hello, this is Harry Wilson, the Toot Janitor, star of Harry Wilson Advises You, Harry Wilson Continues to Advise You, Harry Wilson Advises You Some More, Harry Wilson Finds You Love, and Harry Wilson Tells You to Brush Your Teeth. Here to remind you to always brush your teeth. That's right, there is never a time when you should not be brushing your teeth. It is very important. It's more important than your friends, more important than your job, more important than your family, more important than maintaining a clean criminal record. Always brush your teeth, and when you're not brushing your teeth, the only acceptable thing to be doing is flossing your teeth or using mouthwash. Again, this is Harry Wilson, the tooth janitor, reminding you there is nothing more important than constantly brushing your teeth. This public service announcement brought to you by WHRW, Binghamton, New York.
The Other Side by Patrick J. McGuire. Have you ever wondered just what happens to the colorful people of Slam Jackson's life when he's not there? Things like, if Lord Percival Knifehammer drinks 2% milk, why doesn't he have 2% cows? And how does the narrator have so much free time to follow Slam Jackson around all day long? If you've answered yes to all of these questions, ladies and gentlefolk, then this show is for you. Actually, if you've answered yes to any of them, then this show is for you. So tonight, I'd like to introduce you to Zap Jackson Layabout. Steve, Steve, what are we going to do? Dave, what do you mean, what are you going to do? He's still not here, Steve. Slam would always be here. Maybe he's just running a little late. Do we still have that canned intro he did for us when we agreed to do the show? Yeah, that's a great idea. We can play that. <clears throat> well, I don't have any crazy guys who follow me around, so I have to do this myself. Today's story begins with our hero, the unemployed and famed layabout, Zap Jackson. Yo. About to host a call-in radio show. Um, Steve, this isn't very long. <laughs> it took him 12 hours to record. I thought it was a pilot episode or something. Yeah, I thought so too. Turns out that this is it. Quick, play a sound clip of something. Anything. Air th- just air this. I don't care who it is. It better be him. Hello. This is a collect call from... Zap Jackson. Do you accept the charges? Dave, it's a, it's a collect call from him. I can hear that, Steve. It's going directly to air. Do we accept the charges? Of course we accept the charges. Yes, I accept the charges. One moment, please. Hi. Welcome, Zap. You're live on the air. So, what would you like to talk about today? Really? I'm live already? And I have to do all the work? What do you mean? First I had to call in, and now I have to decide what to talk about as well. Dave, Dave, what do I do here? I don't know, Steve. Take some initiative? Well, generally speaking, Zap, that is how these radio shows work. So, um, well, you're calling in today, so why don't you tell us about whatever adventure you had that kept you from making it into the station today? Oh, nothing kept me from making it into the studio today. I just didn't feel like flying in. What? We bought you that plane ticket. Yeah, but it's so much work to get to the airport nowadays. We provided you with a cab and a driver. All you had to do is get dressed and go outside. So, that sounds like a lot of work to me, you know. Uh, well, why don't we move on from this topic? No! We paid for the plane ticket and the driver that you insisted on! Why are you calling us Collect to do your show this week? Well, you said it's a call-in show, and I didn't want to pay for the long-distance charges myself. Is that the only reason why the incredibly unfamous Zab Jackson didn't make it in for his radio show? Will we ever find out if he will have another radio show? Will he ever stop being too much of a layabout to do even the simplest of tasks? Answers to these questions and more on The Other Side. In that episode of The Other Side, the announcer was Bailiff Quimby, Dave was Daniel Schwartz, Steve was Pete Bowers, Zap Jackson was Patrick J. McGuire, and the operator was Lisa Paquette. Thank you very much, Frank. And uh, we've got some more emails to answer. Actually, so. I just, I, you know, something came to me uh, during the, while we were listening to those shows. I might be able to marry this guy, this uh, Sinjin, and it's possible that, he, I mean, what if he might die before we actually had to consummate, and then I could just tell people we consummated, and then we, but we wouldn't actually have to. Okay, I, sure, that's possible. What, are you going to kill him? No, what? No, no. I mean, no, no. I didn't know. Uh, no. Okay, so then you can't guarantee that that'll happen. Uh, no, I guess no. But what, I mean, if our wedding is exciting enough, maybe we'll get married doing bungee jumping or something. Well, I guess so, sure. Uh, it's still no guarantee. Not to mention, even if that happens, 
then your big plan is that you're not going to have gay sex. You're just going to tell everyone you know that you have gay sex. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not that's not really that great either. Anyway, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Uh, the point is, uh, we've got more emails. Um, here, here's one, Frank, if you could. Yeah. Uh, dear radio people, hey. Have you heard from my brother? I called him and nobody picked up. I got something saying I was supposed to be on his show or something this week. Is he around? Uh, I can come if you can spot me the ticket. Thanks, Zap Jackson. Oh, that's... Escape, see, there's another thing you're screwing up. What? What, what, what? what are you talking about? This email was sent weeks ago saying that he knows he's supposed to come to the show. Uh, the thing we just heard where Zap Jackson didn't show up, if we had answered this email when it was sent, that he should have actually shown up at that radio show. Well, uh... Dad, I can't even read. You can't blame it on me. That's why I got you a Twitter robot. Oh, come on, Dad. You can't hold me responsible for everything. Uh, yeah, well, yes, I can. When I put you in charge of something, then you are responsible for it. You were in charge of the show. Therefore, you were responsible for the show. That is literally what responsibility is. Dad, I don't have responsibility. I'm a cat. The then you don't get... To do awesome, cool things. Yeah, because cool with great, cool stuff is comes responsibility. That's not how it goes. How do you know? Because I saw Spider Man. I know how it goes. Yeah, but you're not a man. You're a cat. <laughs> spider cat is the same. There is no spider cat. Yeah, but if there was, it would be like meow, 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 meow. But it would mean with great power comes great responsibility. I don't think so. I think it would be like if you want your moist food, you gotta. Do, do responsibility stuff. That's very awkwardly phrased. Yeah, because it's tr it's translated from cat language. <sighs> the point is that you you this is another thing that you screwed up. <sighs> whatever. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. Just let's see if I ever put you in charge of the podcast again. Anyway, uh, here's another email we got. Uh, it's another one for you, Frank. You get a lot of email when I'm gone. Well, I'm the most sensible person to write to on the show. I mean, what are people going to write to escape? Uh, well, anyway, it says, Dear Mr. Allen, thanks for coming on my show that one time. It was really entertaining. I've been listening to your podcast recently and really enjoying it. Anyway, I was wondering if you'd like to appear again. I've been thinking a joint appearance with Diogenes Sinjin would be really stimulating. What do you think? If you'd like, you can come on by to discuss it and bring escape along. Marcel Silvers. Okay, Mr. Silvers. I, you know what? I'm starting to think you are trying to get Scape alone for some reason. Oh, don't let him do it. I, well, I'm not gonna, but I just, it's very weird that you always are very interested in Scapey. Even when you're writing to Frank Allen. Oh, don't let him take me down, please. I won't, Scape. Anyway, uh, Frank, but he's inviting you back on his show. Oh, his show is, um, isn't his show, uh, yeah, Watch, but the gay one. Yeah, yeah, Watch. Ah, uh, I see where you're going with this. You want me to be on... With Mr. Sinjin because of the thing that we would be... Okay, well, look, I am not interested in appearing on your show. Maybe Mr. Sinjin is appearing on his own, but I am not interested in being on it again. In that capacity, I'll be on it, you know, because you think I'm a good host, not because of, you know, that. Well, I mean, he doesn't say it's because of that. Maybe he just really likes you. Yeah, but then he says Mr. Sinjin, Diogenes Sinjin. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, once you guys are married, then you'll have, like, new insights into the whole show. No, that's not... No, I don't think... Okay, I am... Maybe I won't. Did you ever think of that? Well, no, because, again, legally you have to consummate in No, order. okay, f uh, fine. Maybe I just want to keep my private life private. How about that? So you don't want to make any appearances. <sighs> Look, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Probably not with him, though, because I think he's probably going to be dead. So that's true. That is true. He's very unhealthy. Um, but speaking of unhealthy things, we have got another episode of The Diner. It's been a long time since season one of The Diner ended. 
Here's season two beginning right now. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. The Diner, created by Angela Schwartz. Season 2, Episode 1, The Other Diner. Written by the Schwartzes, the Berman, and the Bowers. After that accident, we realized that the other diner was going to be a problem. After all, it was next door, and six whole inches taller. There was a real concern that they would literally eat our lunch. Then again, given how our lunches were, that might give us a leg up. Where's Matthew Nichols' entrepreneur? Not sure. He said something about showing fools all, and then there was a flash of lightning. It does look like rain. This sucks. Man's not here to see me masterfully serving the customers. Steve, we only have one customer. And I wouldn't even describe your service as slaveful, dude. Well, sir, perhaps you would like to eat a dick. I do. What's taking the food so long? It's just a little held up. That's what she said. Should we... No! Right. Held up with what? I'm alone here, both as a customer and emotionally. (laughs) Get a hold of yourself, man! There'll be plenty of time to cry when the funeral people come in. Funeral people? Some guy died. The survivors are having brunch post-funeral. And that's exactly the sort of cavalier comment we should probably avoid around them when they come in. Aww. I mean it. No mention of a stiff drink, or asking who died, or saying, we're making a killing. That'd be a lie. Or that work is murder, or telling people to stop going on about all that rot. All that rot? What are you, Doctor Who? F*** that guy! Wow. Carter, you're being surprisingly sensitive about this. Dead people weird me out. I always feel like they're mocking me. A reasonable conclusion, Carter. I mock you all the time. Though of course I am not dead. Not even inside. Mom. Matt! You're here! Look at this customer I'm drying the tears of! My face! The burning! He looks better already. But I cannot be bothered to praise you. Now, Stephen, there are things to do! Yeah, I can't help but notice the clear stripper shoes you're holding. No, you couldn't help but notice. Now you must help by putting on a pair. A sphincter says what? Focus, sphincter! In order to compensate for the other diner's infuriating tallness, we will now all wear six-inch heels! Except for you, Steve. You will take eight inches. I didn't even say it that time. I thought it real hard. Speaking of hard... I'm not sure how to balance in these things. Too bad Stripper Jen's not still here. She could teach us how to wear these shoes. Or just walk around in these shoes. Indeed. How unfortunate that we are stuck with non-Stripper Jan. Right. Here. So take your clothes off. Problem solved. I can't walk in these either. Then you must learn. I have had a training pole installed. Wow. This handrail does make it a lot easier. Delightful. Begin the intolifying. I will go spy on the competition from the secret hiding nook. The secret hiding nook. Um, we never really had the heart to tell him it's a vent. My god, now I'm beautiful. Hey, you. Oh, hey, here come the funeral people. Wow, that was unexpected. Hey, folks, how you doing? Oh, oh, uh, fine. Um, you guys seem usually happy for a funeral group. 
Oh yeah, that guy was a twat. Now he's dead, it's time to party! I feel less silly about the shoes now. Actually, once you get your balance, they're pretty comfortable. And things are so easy to reach. That's actually just how guys feel all the time. Hey, I don't feel that way all the... You. I didn't even mean it that way. Well, it came out that way. That's what she would have said if she were making a sexual innuendo, which I was not at all. Well, fine. Maybe this whole thing with Matt just has me too sensitive or something. I should be like these funeral people and learn to laugh at tragedy. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Those shoes. <laughs> How dare you? Dare what? Hello! Making light of a somber event! Sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Get him! Party on! Wow, I'm glad these people aren't my friends. You have friends? Well, I thought I did. Coffee, please. Sure. So how's the funeral? Pretty good so far. <laughs> okay. Even with the lynch mob? Oh yeah, last funeral I went to, nobody got lynched at all. Bummer. Major bummer. Here's your coffee. Let me know what you think. Pretty good so far. Hey, thanks. Well, we're down an employee, and you're the most friendly person in the room. Want a job? Sure. I've done food service before. Hey, Polly, how's the job search going? Pretty good so far. Excellent! Aha, customers. Fewer than the other diner. Has, but more in this diner than they are. There. Where's Laughing Stu? He got brutally murdered by an angry mob. The fool antagonizing our customers. Gummits of Stu, you're all fired. You, what's your name? Polly. Are you a robot? Uh, no. You're hired. Uh, there's no need, Matt. I already hired him. That didn't count. Aww. So, uh, you're my coworker now, I guess? Yeah, I guess I am. I know, you're not supposed to sh where you eat, but, um, would you like to go out after work? Clearly, you've never tried our food. Sure, I'd love to go out. Nice. That was fun while it lasted. You know, pretty good so far. In that episode of The Diner, old Jen was Julia Adams, Jen was Angela Schwartz, Mike was Jordan Randall, Carter was Jer Kunrat, Customer was James Gonda, Steve was Pete Bowers, Matthew Nichols was Daniel Schwartz, Funeral Guy was Charles Berman, Laughing Stew was Bailiff Quimby, and Bali was Madman Mark. You brush your teeth. You brush your teeth.
Hello everybody, this is Harry Wilson, the Toot Janitor, with an important message from WHRW. Remember to look in every direction very carefully before you cross any street, which is especially difficult to do while you're brushing your teeth, which you should be doing constantly. The reason is, if you trip over something that's on the ground before you walk into the street, you could fall over right onto the hard pavement, and that could cause you to chip a tooth. And the lifetime of misery that would come with having a chipped tooth is not worth the one second of looking up and just looking both ways carefully before you cross the street. You could also get hit by a car, which could also result in broken teeth or other parts of your body. This is Harry Wilson, the tooth janitor, reminding you that while you brush your teeth, look both ways before you cross the street. Something you don't see could end up hurting your teeth. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. I'm WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On June 3rd, 1800, President John Adams becomes the first acting president to take up residence in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, the White House, or President's Mansion, or President's House as it was called then, was not yet finished. So Adams moved into temporary digs at Union Tavern in Georgetown. This will be my greatest role, playing President of the United States. John, John, could you do that a little more forcefully? All I right. Mean, all I don't right. believe more, it. More, more stately? Yeah. Hold, hold on a second. Carry yourself with dignity. Okay, give, give me a moment. This will be my finest role. Wave your fist in the air. Come on. Pshaw! You don't want... No, you know, you remind me of a did, woman. Did I sound too feminine when I Absolutely. Said, Everyone's oh. going to think you're the first female okay, well, president, right. and I, you're I, only I, I, the I gotta distance myself from that because I mean they're not even human. So yeah, okay. I can do it. Remember, I masculine, can do it. masculine. All right. As the president of the United States, I will outlaw women. That's um, it. That's it. What? Uh, you're illegal. We're acting. We're we're acting, dear. I I don't I don't think I like where this conversation is going. Well, it's an it's an act. It's okay. Listen, so woman, you're not outlawing women. This is the women? acting president. Well, no, because under the uh, under under the uh, the president can't make laws, so Congress would have to do that. Yeah. Oh, I I still. Don't appreciate the the way you're talking about women, though. I I don't think that's very good. I m- I might have to shoot you all where you stand. What? Well, I guess it's a good thing that that women yeah. can't use guns. No, I I can't. Well, I guess you can. Ah, I'm dead. Yeah, he is dead. You do. Oh, I'm ow. And uh, John Adams did receive a posthumous Academy Award for his role as president. However, people do think of him poorly because he was making sexist remarks. Remember, you should not make sexist remarks as they are very bad. This is This Day in History on WHRW, Binghamton. Well done, sister suffragettes. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. And what happened thereafter was Mrs. Adams took over as president of the United States of America by dressing as a man and not letting anyone know that her husband was dead. Her husband was, in fact, a very smart man, and he knew that he was going to die. How did he know that? Well, he had done a lot of careful calculations, and he had, in fact, seen the entire future of the United States of America. So what he did was he wrote down in a little book a diary of what his wife should do as him when she had taken his place. As such, she would come out and you know, give a speech as John Adams, and then she would read the speech that he had written years and years before, even though he was dead. And a lot of people said, that can't be true. How, how could he have written it? But let me just tell you, don't look into it. Don't look into it. Just trust that that's what happened. And that is what she did. She just trusted, even though the speeches totally fit every situation that happened with her, she said, well, I trust that my husband did that. A lot of people said mean things about her because she trusted her husband, but you shouldn't say mean things about women because women are just as good as men. The fact that the man wrote all the speeches for the woman is not a statement that says that the woman was not good enough to write speeches on her own. It's just a way of saying that the man was very smart and he wrote all these things before he died and therefore don't look into it. Don't look into it. There's no reason to look into it. Just trust it. 
My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Yeah, you see, I, I don't know what people are talking about. That, I mean, th- that first one earlier today seemed like it might have been connected to your situation with Diogenes Sinjin, but like that one there didn't have anything to do with gay marriage at all. So, I, yeah, I don't even see how it's relevant. Yeah. I, neither do I. I don't, I think just let's not even look into it. Let's just assume that what we said about Rory is correct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why look into yeah. it? No, no reason to look into it. Anyway, we've got some more emails to do. Uh, Escape, we got one for you. Oh, good. Let's, let's hear it. I like to hear it. It's probably about how good I am and how my, my stories are good. Um, no, it's a uh, dear Scape. I'm sorry to hear that you do not like rice pudding, but I am a man of my word. I hope it finds a good home. Even better, perhaps you will develop a taste for it. The next vat in your lifetime supply should be arriving shortly. Ted Hebblethwaite. Hebblethwaite and Sons. Pudding Company. So, Scape, what is this about rice pudding? You really have been getting rice pudding in vats? Well, yeah, but I don't... I don't eat it. So what have you been doing with it? I just... Throw it away. Oh. You've just been throwing it away? For, I mean, why don't you give it to Frank? Yeah, why don't you just give it to Frank? You want it? Yeah, I, I told you I do, yeah. All right, fine. Next time it comes, I will give it to you. Yeah, then I don't even have to buy food. I can just live off of rice, rice pudding, pretty much. Oh. I, I, I find it hard to believe that would give you all the... Like nutrients and stuff. Yeah, well, I neither does hot dogs. So it, look, it'll just be cheaper. I get free rice pudding for Scape's life. Well, all, right, all right, have have some rice pudding, I guess. Then how big is this vat? It's pretty big. I could I could jump in it, but I'm not gonna because it's full of like gross stuff. Yeah, rice pudding, but I will eat it. I'm, it doesn't matter. I don't want you to jump in the vat. I'm just okay. It's a good amount then, so it'll last a while. Not if you eat it. Well, no, it'll last. I will eat. I can't eat it all. At, please just let me know when the rice pudding comes. I'm very hungry, and it'll be cheaper than my, my hot dogs, and maybe I can even eat more than the hot dogs, so it'll be good. Yeah, escape. I mean, that's very inconsiderate. You've just been throwing away. How many of these vats have you thrown away? Well, it sounds like a lifetime surprise, so... Uh, I don't know, like six? You've gotten six vats and you've thrown them all away? Yeah, well, what am I going to do with them? You're going to eat them, or you're going to give them to the poor, like Frank. Why? Well, okay, well, I mean, you don't have to... Call me the poor. Well, I mean, or, or f- like Frank or someone else. That still uh, includes me. That's but yeah. But the point is, there's lots of people who would like rice pudding for free, and you've just been throwing it away. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Well, you're not doing it anymore. So, okay, Frank, I'll let you know when it comes. Now that I'm home, when the vat comes in, I'll let you know. You can come pick it up. Okay. Good, good, good. All right, we've got one more piece of email. Uh, let's read it before we listen to our last show because we've got another show to listen to too. Uh, dear Mister Allen. I really want to thank you for the fantastic job you've been doing as a show host. It really keeps my spirits up. You're a really incisive moderator and analyst, and you always have an interesting take on any subject. And your cat sidekick is funny, too. Hey, that's not... I was your host. Okay, let's do it. We're just reading a, an email. Yeah, but I'm a host. Whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, see... I've been needing the pick-me-up because work has been really getting me down. I know I haven't properly submitted my question on Yahoo Answers, but maybe you could give me some on-the-spot frank advice. My boss at work, let's call him Dr. A, is just impossible to work with. He lies all the time, and he gets away with doing nothing by pinning all his mistakes and laziness on his inferiors, such as myself. I see him do it all the time, but he's way higher up than me, so I can't practically submit a complaint and it's a serious breach of professional ethics since people's lives are at stake i feel like he's just in it so he can make money off selling his medical expertise to the highest bidder while he slacks off from real work what do you think i should do by the way i hope you're feeling better don't want to give any unsolicited medical advice but it sounds serious have you eaten anything unusual lately have you seen a doctor thanks for your time dr Caspar gotha zembla teaching hospital oh well thank you very much first of all it's so nice to hear that people 
think I'm a good host and I appreciate that. And I, I agree. I, I am a good host and I think analyst and moderator and things like that. And incisive, that was a good word that you used for me that I like that. And so I will in turn then give you frank advice because that's what you're looking for. And even though this isn't an episode of frank advice, here's some frank advice off the cuff. Uh, let's see. So you have a doc. Let me see if I got this right. You're a doctor and uh, you work at the uh, the Zambo Teaching Hospital. I've, I've heard of that place. I've heard of that place. Um, so it's probably pretty good. And yet you have a doctor above you, doesn't do his job properly, uh, gives medical expertise to anybody who gives him money. Uh, I, I'm guessing willing to say anything, right? You know, willing to lie about people, about situations, you know, that kind of cutthroat thing. Uh, what should you do? My advice to you is probably uh, cash in. This guy's above you, so he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's been there a while. He's got the experience. He's got the know-how. He's been able to stick it out in this field and in this industry. This is a guy you should be learning from. Uh, it is a teaching hospital, after all. So you should take the lesson that he's teaching you. If he's if he's found a way to make this uh, doctoring business work for him, I think you can find a way to make it work for you in that same way. So... Probably talk to him. Uh, you know, you might be able to say, listen, I know what you've been doing, uh, and that's fine, but I want in. You know, I want a little cut of what you're doing. So, you know, then all of a sudden you're sending uh, emails out to people. Or, you know, if he doesn't want to cut you in, I mean, I, I hate to say it, if he doesn't want to cut you in, you could always try to go the opposite way and send the contradictory reports to those people too. So either way. Uh, there's a way to make money for yourself through this. And I think, uh, really, why do people go into medical field other than to make money? Uh, that's what I've learned. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you for inquiring of my health. I did, obviously. I, I can't think of what I ate that was unusual that would have given me this hookworm, but obviously it was something. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, that's some good Frank advice from Mr. Frank Allen. Yeah, that is me. Anyway, we've got one more show to play for everybody today. It is Annie Italic, Girl Reporter. Let us listen to what that girl has to say. Annie Italic, Girl Reporter. By Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, and Eddie Kirchner. Episode 6, Chernobyl Gases. Dateline Thorpsburg from the desk of Annie Italic, girl reporter, high atop Henderson Towers in Center City, in the office of the Thorpsburg Ledger Star Bulletin Journal, we bring to you the news of the world. Commissioned by seasoned newspaper editor Eugene Seabrook, Annie Italic tracks the most thrilling events of our day with the determination of a bloodhound, poised notebook in hand, for the moment of her big break. In the life of a reporter, there will always be good days and bad days. Some days everything will go right and you'll feel like you've got the most exciting career-making story of your life. And other days you're working for Gene Seabrook. Then again, some days in the newsroom are really neither. Consider this one. That's right. I wasn't there. Tonight, I wasn't in the office, but there was big news going on. I got out of being in the office. Tonight, I wasn't going to let anything go wrong. 
That's why I'm writing about it in the series of stories about things going horribly wrong. I was at the Silver Rose French restaurant, acting on a tip from a very loud but somehow alluring guy who kept calling me up. He said I ought to meet him there for dinner. And I'm sure that you, madame, knows the name of the person you are here to meet. I'm telling you, you can't miss him. If your ears haven't been blown out yet today, he probably hasn't been in here. Oh, you are here to meet that obnoxiously loud man. Yes! The one who looks kind of... Yes. And the one who dressed sort of... Th- that's him! Ah, uh, yes, by Jean of Arc, of course. Uh, but, uh, what is his name? It was something like Tom or Gilbert or... Like Tom or Gilbert? Look, it was fine. I don't know. Hmm. Let me see in the book here. Uh, Mr. Fan, I don't know. Mr. Fan, I don't know. Hmm. Well, by Gerard Depardieu. I see no one at all by that name. How odd. Wow. Why does anybody ever come back here? Because they are glassier than you. Well, it looks like you will have to wait for a table, as you have no reservation with Monsieur Fan, I don't know. Wait for a table? This restaurant is almost empty. You've got to be joking. I look down on the people humor, and the people that use the people humor beneath my extremely nice shoes. And those tables are reserved. Then why is nobody sitting in them? They all become mysteriously sick after eating the food. They did! Their stomachs were not good enough for it. The waiting area is over there. Wow, that guy is an asshole. That's a bit rough. She's right, though. He is. Wait, you know who I'm talking about? Who else in the restaurant is an asshole? Yeah, why do you think we're in the waiting room when the restaurant is empty? He never gives us a reservation. Makes sense. Annie, by the way. Saffron. And I'm Mike. So, why do you keep coming back here? Well, sentimental reasons. Our first date was here. Yeah, I was pretty nervous, but... Oh, you did okay. I guess this place is kind of a good luck charm. So, you come here a lot? Oh, yeah. Well, when we're not too busy with robots at the golf course. Wait, robots? No. This is my day off. You know, this is a first date for me, too. I hope this place is as lucky for me as it was for... Annie Italic! Girl reporter! As I live and breathe, at last, I have arrived. I hope you have not been waiting long. No, I... Annie Italic? From the small events column? In the Ledger Star Bulletin Journal? I've been following your career for years. The story about the flower show? That's not what it looked like. I know! You hid the subtext of the bee mind control virus so subtly. I see you have heard of any italic go reporter, and perhaps you know of my exploits, recounting the adventures of- We know who you are. You keep places open on Christmas by taking supervillains on field trips. Why, what do you mean? I- Oh, I remember you guys, sorry. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. Because of you, I got to meet Annie. Monsieur Van know. Madame, your table. No, it's really okay. I'd like to stay Come on, Annie. Wait till you try the escargot. Okay, Mike, Saffron, nice to meet. And it was an honor. A a privilege. This way, this way. I will be your waiter this evening, as all the actual waiters are valently ill. 
They are? No, 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 no. I, I may set up for good publicity. Something to drink? Earplugs? Yes, and bring some of your famous escargot and champagne! Ah, yes. The cheapest champagne. For those who can't afford reservations? Or names? I will be right back in two shakes of a lamb's hind appendage. So, I feel like you already know all about me. Yes, I do. You do? Yes. Okay. What's my favorite color? Chartreuse. Okay, I bet everybody says that. Great accomplishment. You actually got a story that you wrote, published under your name last week. You are good. In more ways than you know, any italic go reporter. Um, listen. While we're here, can you cut out that girl reporter part? You got it, date of mine. So, what do you actually do? I alliterate, actually. Always alliterating. Awesomely. Well, that's... Oh, oh no! I am violently sick, Worthington! Let's go home! I feel the illness imperils my health! Let's away! For violent illness, I too has made its victim. Oh, noisy man and jaded woman! Normal seeming couple in the waiting room! Beware! Beware that you too do not become violently sick! And depart this place, post-haste! Wow. Interesting choice of restaurant. It seems like everyone who eats here gets violently sick. How observantly you observe. Sorry, I'm thrown off of my game by what just happened. I wanted this to be a nice night. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm far too dedicated to enjoying myself to notice all these suspicious things going on. Good, my gorgeous gatherer for gazetteers. Wow, thanks. My beautiful bloodhound of bulletins. Seriously, though, I've been waiting to ask you out for ages. Ever since you told off that hole in the shoe store, and that hole who kept murdering people, I really wanted this to go right. Wow, you sound weird when you're being earnest. And when you're not... Well, forget I said that. We have the escargot for the gentleman, and earplugs for the lady. Compliments of the house. Would you care for dinner? Or have you lost your appetite looking at Monsieur Vine, I don't know. I know it is working for me. Yes, I... Listen, I like this guy. I'm trying to have a nice dinner. Stop being such a snob. Also, I couldn't help noticing everyone in the restaurant keeps getting violently sick after eating the food. Aha! I see I could not put one over on you. You and your gallant companion. So suave. So gorgeous. So charismatic. How could he not inspire you to heights of the observational art? Okay, I've got the idea. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just getting started. He's so subtle, so tactful, so unobtrusive and polite. His voice is like music to my slightly ruptured eardrums. Wow, you really are an asshole. It's a gift. Look, I don't want to talk to you more than I have to. Just tell me if this food is safe. No less safe than driving through the city while giant monstro is attacking. I've done that. You'll be fine, then. Phew! I'm glad the food was safe. I was worried this would be a bad day when I lost my wallet this morning. And so I ask you, who's the asshole now? That's it. I want to see the owner. Would you take me at my word if I said no, you did not? 
No. I want to see the owner now. Fine. Then don't believe me. I tell them. And they don't believe me. How disastrous my dining decisions! The cruelty of this culinary conundrum! What galling gustatory garbage! My manly mug maintains mortification! Yeah, you really picked a bad place. Any chance of a second date? Yes, but I choose the restaurant. Un honneur, madame. This is a plate of mold. Oui. Vasi to you. What the heck? And as this revolting pile of green mold, shockingly and against all laws of physics, Lee, begins to speak, Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist and known homosexual does nothing. Or, or if he is doing something, I don't know what it is, as I am somewhere else. Don't do that again. Okay. I'm trying to run a restaurant here. Can I help you with something? I, uh, yes. You seem to be a, a, a plate of talking mold. Tell me something I don't know. Okay. I asked for the owner because I'd noticed everyone was getting violently sick. So? And- You want your napkin comped or something? No. Well, yes, if you were planning on charging me for the napkins. But I want to know why everyone who walks in here is getting sick. But I also want to know why I'm talking to a disgusting plate of blech. You know, remarks like that can really hurt the plate of mold's feelings. They really can, you know. They really can. Words can hurt. A lot. Even a plate of mold. You know, mold has feelings too. Feelings that can be hurt. Hurt by, hurt by words. Words like... You know, I have a little can of Lysol in my handbag. How prepared her purse! How propitious her pocketbook! How handy her handbag! How clutch her clutch! Look, you're just getting in the way right now. All right, all right. I'll tell my tale. But when I'm done, ask yourself. Ask yourself! Did I ask to be born the way I am? Did I ask to be born a plate of mold? Why would you ask to be born a plate of mold? Even if you could ask for things before you were born, Who's telling the story here? Are you telling the story? Because I'll listen if you're telling the story. Go ahead, tell the story. I like a story as much as the next plate. Lysol. Okay, fine. It all started back in a little village in the Ukraine. Who could have guessed that in preparing truffle-glazed truffles and truffle sauce with shaved truffles and a truffle emulsion topped with just the tiniest bit of truffle oil and the size of truffles, that the silver rose might have used Ukrainian truffles, truffles from Chernobyl, truffles that would have been affected by radiation. Which, as everybody knows, turns everything into living, speaking being. I was going to say this was far-fetched, but this has happened before. Go on. Well, that's about it. Really? Delicious-sounding truffle-thing plate of mold? There's a gap in your exposition. The truffles grew mold! That's me! Nobody ordered it too expensive. Makes sense. Just let me solve this one. Anything for you, I'm being very quiet now. What a weirdo. And that's coming from a plate of talking mold. I mean, you know where I'm coming from, right? Different stroke. Anyway, I finally achieved my dream. I grew and grew and achieved total domination of this restaurant. 
And when the chef of this place got sick... How'd that happen? Something he ate. But anyway, that was my chance. I finally got to make food for myself. To express myself through the creation of delicious dishes. To be a restaurateur and chef. So everyone is getting sick. Because their food is prepared by a living mold, of course. That is my tragedy. Hoist by my own petard. <laughs> wow. First off, stop that violin. Philistines! Second, this place needs a health inspection. And third, this is a huge scoop. This rampant violent illness may not have made for a great date, but it makes a great newspaper story. Do you mind if I write it? Well, actually... It is a great story, isn't it, anti-italic older girl reporter? Eugene Seabrook, newspaper editor, and all my readers love it now that it's written and ready to be printed. I hope you find that it's almost as interesting. Susie Sans Serif, where the f*** did you come from? I came from the... The f***ing office. <laughs> I was here for lunch with Johnny. He said he wanted somebody to tell about his... Coprophilia? I didn't understand anything he was saying, but he's really good at talking. But then he started getting sick. And then everyone around him started getting sick. That set my reporter's instinct tinging. What a great idea for a story, I thought. Lots of people getting sick. So then I spoke with Olga Rozizvensky here. Who? That's me. Ukrainian, remember? But everyone just calls me Moldplate. It's hurtful. Anyway, I already signed away exclusive rights to Susie. Mold can sign. Signs my paychecks. Well, there you go then. So I wrote the story, put it in Eugene's inbox, and spent the rest of the night following clues to track you down so I could tell you about it. I knew you'd be happy for me. I hope I didn't interrupt anything important. Ah! Ah! Okay, you. Plate of mold. Disgusting to meet you. You, French guy, you can take a f***ing leap into a flying pile of dumb mother f***ing piece of your mother. Susie? Care for some escargot? Ooh, cute name. Mmm. And you. Yeah. You, me, Bernie's Burger Barn. Now. I love that place! So, I lost the story to Susie's, well, being a good reporter. And I almost got violently sick from radioactive truffle mold. And I had to pay because he lost his wallet. But... Definitely not a total loss. Despite everything, maybe the best first date I ever had. In that episode of Annie Italic Girl Reporter, the announcer was Mickey Woishner, Annie Italic was Angela Schwartz, French waiter was Pete Bowers, Mike was Mickey Woishner, Saffron was Angela Schwartz, Tom was Mickey Woishner, Eleanor was Ed Jones, Worthington was Lisa Paquette, Mold Plate was Julia Adams, and Susie Sans Serif. This is Cheryl Casey. Thank you very much, Frank. And, uh, you know, that just about wraps it up for this episode. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you have been listening to the podcast, uh, five years worth of shows, 150 episodes. That's pretty exciting. Um, hopefully we'll do exactly 150 more. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, uh, from me, Jordan and Frank, honest yeah. me and Scapey. Yeah. Hi. Well, well I was going to say, Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Yeah, bye. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, here's a here's a quick ukulele cover of a uh, of a song by me. And also, um, write into us castinwax at gmail dot com. That's right, castinwax at gmail dot com. Um, anyway, be seeing you.
been a bad, bad girl I've been careless with a delicate man And it's a sad, sad world Where a girl can break a boy just because she can Don't you tell me to deny I've done wrong and I want to suffer for my sins I come to you cause I need guidance to be true And I just don't know where I can begin What I need is a good defense Cause I'm feeling like a criminal And I need to be redeemed to the one I sinned against Heaven help me for the way I am Save me from these evil deeds before I get them done I know tomorrow brings the consequence at hand But I'll keep living this day like the rest will never come So help me but don't tell me to deny it I gotta cleanse myself of all these lies so I'm good enough for him I got a lot to lose so I'm betting high and I'm begging you before it ends, just tell me where to begin What I need is a good defense Cause I'm feeling like a criminal And I need to be redeemed to the one I sinned against Cause he's all I ever knew alone Let me know the way before there's hell to pay Give me room to lay the law, let me go I got to make a play to make my lover stay So what would an angel say the devil wants to know? Ooh, what I need 